This is the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, episode 73. Here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Blake and Peter. Welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, a podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. Here we are on episode 73, y'all. We, uh, we recently had a company-wide meeting, and one of the things that we discussed uh, was a request from uh, actually a lot of our field team members um, to have more development and training on time and task management. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about that a little bit here b- before, but today let's just jump right in. And we're going to talk today about being timey and tasky. Mm, that's nice. So when I think about this, um, do you remember back in 2018 when there was that young group of soccer players in Thailand that got caught in that cave? Vaguely. Remember when that happened? Yeah, I do <laughs> vaguely recall that. Like it was, it was crazy. Like this, I, I want to say there were... 12 of them they got caught from the age of like 11 to 16 so we're talking like middle school to high school age Mm. and their coach they got caught into this this cave system so it wasn't even just a cave it was a whole cave complex okay and heavy monsoon rains especially in thailand were starting to like rise and fill the chambers because that's what happens during monsoon season And there's no like target for when this monsoon stuff is even going to let up. And so uh, the rains are rising like and and these kids and this coach are stuck in this system like several and I don't like several kilometers in. And I'm I'm an American. I don't know what that means totally, but like pretty far in. okay. and basically like this desperate desperate situation required a whole bunch of people to get involved. So like the news basically spread about these kids worldwide. Um, The, I want to say like the government got involved. I want to say that like global organizations were involved. Even Elon Musk was creating things to see how do we create this like sub, like small submarine to go through this cave system to get these kids because cave systems, I think a lot of people who have never been in a cave think caves are like really big and open and they just go for days. That is not what real cave systems are like. They are like, you're on your belly crawling through areas. Like you're really tight to get through certain areas. You get caught on things constantly. You bust your head. That's why they always wear those, um, Hard hats essentially getting through there. And every once in a while, it's nice because it opens up. But that's rare, right? I'm not going to lie, man. You are giving me stress right now just thinking about tight spaces. Right. So when we're talking about task management, like there was just like an intricate amount that had to go into getting these kids. First off, finding these kids. And second off, getting them out of this system. So – Stage one, they're looking for these kids. 
um, each stage of their rescue was so carefully planned and the execution just had to ensure success because this was life or death. So with like divers and experts, like they had to get a ton of people to come out and start exploring the cave systems. Yeah. And then mapping these cave systems out. So they haven't found the kids and they're just looking. They had people looking. They had people mapping out these cave systems as they were going to make sure if we did find them, we're not reinventing the wheel again. And then just with a vast complexity of this mission, there were so many roles and like responsibilities that had to be assigned to everyone involved. So some divers were searching for the boys and others were, like I said, like logging out how the chains were going. And then others were working on supply chain and logistical support. Cause if they do find the kids, they're going to have to feed the kids somehow. And they're going to have, because this could be a long mission and it actually proved to be long. It was like 17 days long, which is crazy. That's so the teams coordinated the transportation of equipment supplies and necessary provisions. Like there was so much that had to go into this going and just finding kids was like very quickly in monsoon season in a cave that was just off the table. They had to have crazy good communication. Like think about all the teams that had to be involved and had to get created. And all these people have not necessarily worked with each other over and over. True. Like everywhere, different people coming from like Britain and all these other places that they don't even speak the same language half the time. So communication just had to be, so focused and on top of it um, because they had to manage creating the safety of both the rescuers and the boys. And there is just so like every day they had to have different regular risk assessments going in. They had to have contingency plans because guess what? When one thing doesn't work, they've got to figure out the new one. But for 17 long days, like very, very long days, I remember like every day waking up and, and refreshing my phone just to see like what's going on mm-hmm. and where are we at in this. But for 17 days, those rescue teams, like they went in just with incredible tenacity um, and just ingenuity and time management expertise because it was so necessary. Yeah. And their dedication absolutely paid off when two British divers finally found the kids. So it wasn't even getting them out. They yeah. finally found them. Okay, after 17 long days, and then all of a sudden, everything kicked into place. All the plans they'd already been preparing now were going to be implemented. So the rescue teams uh, employed a ton of time blocking, which we'll talk about. Like, I I remember watching a whole bunch of stuff on this, just all the time blocking for just like making sure they had crucial strategy going into this Mm -hmm. um, so that they had a swift and, and safe operation. And so each phase of the rescue had just dedicated focus. They went in, they got these kids out one by one. And on July 10th, um, after 17 days of being in the cave, they found them. And then eight days later, the last person came out and it was unbelievable. None of them died in the process, which hundred percent should have, right? Like that Mm -hmm. is such a long time to be in a place like that. Their eyesight, think about that. How would your eyesight be affected by that? Uh, Food, water, and obviously they were being taken care of at some level. Um, but having said all that, like, um, and I do believe, and not to minimize this, I do believe one of the divers did pass away, yeah. um, did die, which is so sad and um, 
I think it's a beautiful testament to how everybody was working together. And so that's not to be minimized, but none of those kids did. And that's unbelievable. And obviously not every instance is a life or death situation, but these instances give us a real clarity on how our our time and our task management need to be and how there is just absolute necessity to all of this. And so I, I think the best place to start is really to talk about, um, you know, we talk about smart goals a lot in the past and um, a buddy of mine and I have been kind of talking recently and he brought this idea of clear goals up. And every time we talk about goals, I think, my head will automatically take that same process and same thing and put it in place when it comes to tasks and to time management. They, they really, all these things in a smart goal, as far as being, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound, like all those things still apply to time management, still apply to task management. Um, but as we've talked, uh, he introduced this idea of clear goals to me. And the more I, I think about it, I'm like, wow, I really, really like this idea of clear goals. And even as uh, Peter and I were talking before this, um, you know, Peter, you had mentioned the difference between clear goals and smart goals or clear tasks and smart tasks mm-hmm. is not an opposing competing thing, right. whereas it is that clear goals is really staying at a real high level Whereas mm-hmm. smart goals really gets more into the weeds. So it's the forest and the trees. Yep. And I totally agree with that when it comes to task management. So uh, I think honestly, the best place to just jump in here is like, what is a clear goal and what is a clear task or how do we implement this idea? So I'll, I want to break down, like, obviously when I say clear and smart, um, those are acronyms, uh, C-L-E-A-R. And so C is collaborative and L is limited. E is emotional. A is appreciable. uh, And five is refinable. So um, I guess I want to just dive into C, the C collaborative. So when we think about collaborative, collaborative goals or tasks involve engaging uh, and involving like relevant stakeholders. Like who is involved Mm -hmm. in this goal? Who are the people or in this task, who are the people that are going to be there that we need to be working as a collaboration instead Mm -hmm. of you just follow me. Okay. Um, Who do I need to be working with? Because including input from your team members, uh, your partners, anybody who's like subcontractor, it doesn't even matter by increasing input from people, you're going to be getting a better solution here. And so, um, yeah, this collaborative approach promotes ownership. When people have collaboration involved, when that's involved, they actually create ownership as well. Uh, and I was talking to one of our foremen this week uh, just about some of the struggles we had in one of our projects. And um, one of the things I had said was that, you know, maybe the other person didn't feel like they had collaboration into it or ownership of the tasks. Because when we don't allow collaboration or don't think to offer collaboration in it or to give people the ownership of it, they won't take it. And it's no surprise. Um, But when we bring collaboration in, that's when people start saying, okay, I get it now. Um, I'm going to take ownership because I'm giving input and I will take this 
through to achieving the goal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love too that when you're in that collaborative space um, and when you're talking about these goals, you're bringing in all of those other people and it just creates that team, that team mentality and the camaraderie. I, I love that. Another, the, uh, the second letter here, L stands for limited. So <clears throat> this really is where you set your boundaries for your goal. Um, you clearly are setting up what your limits are um, as far as really time, um, resources available, um, make sure that you've got the, the right people. Like what are all of those boundaries that box in that goal? It has to have limitations. You just can't say, um, I saw an illustration once that said, you know, you don't want to say, I want to make more money next year, right? That's a very unlimited goal. Mm -hmm. A much more limited goal would be saying, I want to make a thousand dollars more next year you know, whatever that is, that's, that's yeah. a limiting factor on that, that creates those guidelines and those boundaries so that you're able to clearly define it as well as measure it, which we'll get into here in a little bit, but make sure that you take that time to put those limitations on it from all sides to make sure you know exactly what those boundaries are. And you're defining that scope of that goal very clearly. Otherwise, you may not realize it, but you're going to get to the end and go, well, we don't know that we actually hit our goal because yeah. we don't know what our limits were on that. Yeah. So make sure you take the time to do the limiting. Yeah, that's good. The E for clear is emotional. So this is one that I think there are a lot of people who'd be like, that, that doesn't make sense. Like we shouldn't be emotional. We should just be about the facts and should just be do it. And this is the way it's done. Absolutely not. Like our emotions are what push our actions 100%. You know, I've, I've talked about it, that life coaching um, or self-coaching model of the CTFAR of your circumstances create your, or your thoughts about circumstances create your feelings or your emotions. Your emotions drive your actions and your actions create your results. So if that's true, then emotions are huge. And so when you're thinking about task planning or time management here, there needs to be an element of the emotional. How much more focused was the entire team for the rescue because it was a rescue of humanity. Yeah. How much more emotional was it? And how much more driven were people? A guy gave his life for it. That's emotional. And it should be. We should never like belittle the side of what emotion does to us. How certain emotions actually make us sharper in our thinking. They make us more creative. And if we can tap into that emotional aspect, I'm just telling you, emotionally invested people are more likely to pers persevere through hardships. Yeah. They're absolutely going to push through when setbacks happen. And that, that just creates resilience. Mm -hmm. And so we want to somehow make our tasks emotional. And especially, I'm telling you, when I have tasks or uh, goals ahead of me that are boring AF, I have to think, how do I engage this? Because yeah. right now I'm not feeling it. And if I'm not feeling it, am I going to create something that's just so much more subpar? And I also don't want to do that. So that's where I start thinking is like, I got to figure out a way to make this a more emotional task yeah. or goal here. How to get, get, get engaged with it, <laughs> make it a part of what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, number four here is going to be appreciable. So C-L-E-A appreciable. Um, and that really just, this is where we start getting into, de into the details, right? This is where um, kind of feel like this is where the smart 
portion of smart would come into play too. Um, but it involves breaking down your goals into milestones, right? It involves creating step by step. And uh, the beauty of this actually, Blake, too, is, is if you're in that position where you're struggling to connect to it, maybe emotionally, um, as a whole, you might be able to connect emotionally to a smaller part of it, right? Mm -hmm. And emotionally, you can celebrate a milestone in a small chunk when you achieve that part, right? So you're not achieving that goal as a whole, but you've overcome this small piece of this step or this step or this step, or you're 10 steps along of a 20 step process, you're halfway there, right? That's what appreciable does. It helps you break it down into pieces that are manageable and that are uh, celebrate celebratory. Is that the right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the right word. So yeah. you can celebrate your successes as you go along the way. Yeah, and that's good. Uh, the last one, the C-L-E-A-R, the R stands for refinable. Mm -hmm. And refinable goals, I think, just acknowledge that circumstances change. And I think this is why I like clear a lot here is because it hits aspects that smart doesn't hit yes. in a higher level thinking in the fact that we need to be constantly refining. I love that story of those kids being rescued, but I love this part where, do you know, I bet, I bet honestly that they had 50 to 70 different plans and oh, yeah. different contingencies. If this, then that kind of stuff set up for that goal, for that task of getting these, first off, finding the kids and then getting these kids out, right? And so when you have, I guess, just margin to refine what your your task is based off new information, new circumstances, um, things will not go the way we think they're going nope. to go. That's just hap That just happens because new information comes in, new challenges arise, we, it's crucial that we reevaluate and adjust our goals accordingly or our tasks accordingly. Um, and if you're not open to refinement, you're, it's like, man, you're not going to do well on task management because you're not going to be able to give yourself margin to change and adjust. And all you're going to be doing is checking off a box for checking a box off sake. And that's not worth it. So that kind of takes us through clear and again, I'll just reiterate them. They're collaborative, limited, emotional, appreciable, and refinable. And go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I just find it interesting, refinable, right? It comes at the very end of this, and it's it's supposed to be there because that's where you do the refinements at the end right. of the whole thing. But it also frees you up to not be perfect at the start. Mm. It frees you to know that what you're building and the goal that you have is not going to be perfect the first time around or the 10th right. time around or the 100th time around. And that's okay. That's a good thing. That means you can continue to clarify and continue to refine that goal or those goals, right? That's a great thing. I think it's also important, too, that this is not missed. Because a lot of times, too, we'll put in, I'm thinking of, of processes specifically. So if a goal is to create a process and we create the process and now we start following the process, but we never follow the R of refine. Mm -hmm. We're just going to continue doing that process, even if it sucks, right. even if it's the worst thing in the world, we're going to keep following it. Mm -hmm. So that refinability gives us that time to go back and say, okay, what sucks about this? What can we clarify? What can we be more efficient on? What steps can we cut? What did we miss on this on the first go around? It gives us that freedom to be able to know that we don't have to be perfect first off. And secondly, we can refine this and we can get better. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I think, again, 
that is such clear is so much a higher level, mm-hmm. um, almost like a, Hey, here are the things you need to have involved. Here's, here's how you need to make sure that this is impactful. Here's how to see it from a, a forest perspective. But as we dig in to way more task management, right? Um, that's when we get into the smart goals and I'm not going to go through what everything is in smart. Mm-hmm. We have so many episodes, so many episodes <laughs> to talk about smart. Okay. Yeah. What I, will hit high level is what the acronym is. It's specific. So does this thing actually specify what you're looking to do? Is it measurable, which is still similar to clear? Like we still want to make sure that there's a target for every task that goes to the high level item. Is it achievable, right? Like, is this something that we can actually do is like, and we're not being unrealistic. Is it relevant? Is it happening right now? Is this something that we can do right now or is this need to be pushed is this critical path or is this ancillary and something that like we can hit later um and then the last one is time bound do you have a hard time of when this task is due if you don't parkinson's law says that time will fill the amount or basically that whatever amount you give for some a given task you will fill that amount of time and we've talked about that in the past if you give it a room eight hours to paint and you get 80% of it done in two hours, it's still going to take you eight hours if you don't readjust your time bound. Okay. And it's because like we allow time to fill itself essentially. So anyway, that's more on the uh, smart aspect. And I think at this point, yeah, let's just talk time and task management, like essentials. Like what are the things that we need to have involved uh, and just kind of talk even, you know, some tips of, how to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So one thing to, to, to keep in mind as we talk about this is the goal here is not only to uh, really to effectively increase your, your productivity and accomplish tasks and items and goals and things like that. The other, the byproduct of this is reduction of stress, right? When you look at there's 70 billion things I've got going on and uh, I don't have a plan for them, your body and your mind creates more and more stress just on top of itself, seeing that when you have a plan, now you have a methodical approach to it. That stress level will will reduce. It's not going to go away. Don't get me wrong, but it will reduce. And with that little, that reduction of stress is going to come some clearer thinking at times too. Mm -hmm. So that's why these are important. We not only increase productivity, we reduce stress, which allows us to be more creative, allows us to be clearer thinking, um, and gets us to where we want to be of, of, of overcoming or uh, achieving our goals as we need to. So time management tips. Here's a couple. We've got a few that, that are, I think, are very helpful. First one, and I think this is important in this order too, is prioritize your tasks. Mm. You know you've got 10 items on your list. Well, what are the top three that are most important right now that need to be done? What are those things that are time bound? What are those things that need to be addressed urgently mm-hmm. um, and and put them at the top of your list, right? Those are the things that you're going to touch first. Those are the things you're going to work on first. Those are the things you're going to devote your time and energy to, to make sure you accomplish those within the time allotted for them. Second thing here that helps with that is time blocking. So you want to use specific times uh, to be able to create a focus time, really, yeah. so that you can get things accomplished. Um, I like can, to do this. Can I ask, yeah. can I ask real quick? Like, yeah. because this podcast is really about um, helping leaders identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. Like, the idea of time blocking is a very good 
like task management, time management thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't think a lot of people know what that is. That's like, fair can question. You simplify it. Can you like, yeah. even like, if I'm a, a Michael Scott, if I'm a three-year-old, explain yeah. it to me kind of thing. So the, the simplest way to think of time blocking is setting things on a calendar. Like if you, if you think of Google Calendar, Google mm-hmm. Calendar has these really cool blocks on the calendar when you put an event or schedule something on there and it, it blocks it off, which mm-hmm. is a really visual, good visual way of thinking it. And that's what that's essentially at a very simplified level we're talking about. What this allows you to do let's say, and this is something I like to use with my, with my calendar is put specific things on my calendar for a certain amount of time. It allows me to focus and achieve flow during that time. So if Mm -hmm. I, if I put, um, let's say one of the things I've got on my calendar for this morning is dashboard updates, Mm -hmm. right? I update our dashboards for our projects every week during that time. That's it. That's all I work on. I try to ignore my phone unless it's super important. I try to ignore the ancillary things. I block those out. I put on some music to help my mind focus. And I work on just getting that done. After the first 10 or so minutes of doing that, I get into a rhythm and things start clicking a lot quicker. And then after 20 minutes, now I'm really in my focus zone and I'm really able to to move quickly through that. It allows that focus and flow. Um, It also allows you then in a very simple way, seeing your prioritization, right? So I know during the beginning of my day is a little less hectic than the end of my day. Yeah. End of my day tends to be a lot more phone calls, responsive, things like that. So I know if I have to prioritize something, I'm going to block it off at the beginning of my day rather than the end. Because by the time I get to, the, to two o'clock or three o'clock, I can almost guarantee things are getting moved around. Yeah. And that that is not conducive to flow and to focus at all. Yeah. And, and I think the prioritization, like, cause I, I know there are a lot of people who think like, well, this time blocking thing will work for like people in the office because you can separate this and no, like it, I've worked with foremen in the field and even people who are um, more at the entry level, like talk about, Hey, why don't you take on the biggest, baddest dog in the day right out the gate? Like instead of delaying it and say, Oh, we'll hit it here later today you will not have more focus. You will not have more creativity. You will not have more effort. You will not have more strength to do said task than you will right now. Like or first thing in the morning and taking that monster, taking that giant on first thing allows you to hit the other things later on with so much more ease and like efficiency because you're going to have already known the muscle memory of the hard, the hard bad one. The other ones just feel a lot easier. And I think too, it's important too, if like, you know, you only have one task for the day, right? And you can say, well, how do I time block that? Well, you do it the day before you Mm -hmm. get your materials and your tools ready the day before and your equipment and things ready on the site and staged in such a way that when you walk in the next day, you can pick up your tools or you can pick up your equipment or your tool, whatever you need and begin right away. That's how you do your time blocking. If you have one task, you prep yourself the day before and set it up to move that way. And that's, it's, it's, I've done this before when I've worked trades before we always set our, I, I was a tile contractor for a couple of years. We would set up our tile that we were going to use the next day in the bathroom where we'd be using. And if we're doing like a shower, it'd be in the shower the day before. And we'd already have all of our, our concrete mix and everything ready and set out. So the minute we got on site, we could start installing yeah. once we had everything mixed up. It was just, it was a quick way of beginning right away. Mm-hmm. It also helps. So this, this concept of time blocking helps with efficient scheduling, 
right? So Blake and I talked about this earlier this week and we talked about, you know, putting things on our list for the day or for the week and then realizing that we've overcommitted ourselves. I did this on Monday. I put four things on my list and realized that four was one too many. I got three things done, but I did not get four. And I realized that I'm just trying to overcommit myself. I was not efficient with my scheduling. So I worked on those, those prioritization things. The things were important and, and, and urgent that needed to be done. Those were done. And the fourth thing that really, it could be pushed to another day. And I probably should have done it on a different day. Um, that got pushed to another day. Yeah, that's good. I think the one thing on this that I think is important is when we go and we're trying to that day schedule, yeah. that's in it. Yep. If you're trying to task plan the moment of or however you feel because you woke up on this side of the bed or the other, um, you're missing it. Yep. When we talk about like it's great to have efficient scheduling and to make sure you're prioritizing and stuff like that. The only way you can do that is being ahead more than a day. Like really, you can adjust day to day. But when we're talking about really being ahead, I mean, this is I'm trying to weekly plan ahead the Friday, like this Friday is planning for next, you know, and I'm looking to make sure here are my appointments. Here are these things. Here's what I got to get done. Here's goals. I want to get done. Here's how I want to advance this. And so in order to do that, it's going to take all these tasks. Well, like that and on Sundays are my days to really focus and give like that really time block time, just a time block. Right. right? So. It, this the other benefit too is this eliminates multitasking. Oh yeah, I I was <laughs> little side note. I was in the shower the other day and I had this thought. It just hit me. Um, I used to pride myself on being able to multitask, mm -hmm. and I realized I can't multitask. I'm just have I have ADHD that requires me to move from task to task at times, yeah. and that sucks. Yeah. That removes your focus and flow. Yeah. So if you if you know you've got this set time set aside for um, whatever it is you're working on, it's going to allow you to, to cut out that multitasking because we we really are not good multitaskers. We're yeah. not. I love pissing people off with multitasking like responses when people are like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good at multitasking. I'm, I always am like, oh, so you're pretty good at the power of half. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, that's what you're getting. You're getting yeah. half power to each of those and not giving a full power to any. Right. Like that becomes one of the biggest problems you're going to deal with. So multi multitasking is fake. Obviously, you can do two things at once at some level. But when we're talking about true task management and stuff like that, it, it is right. a lie you tell yourself and you still daily think you're great at it. The, the best I get at multitasking is driving my car while singing to the music. That's the best I yeah. get at multitasking. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, mine's mine's using the restroom and playing Wordle at the same time. That's there it. you go. <laughs> but then I then I end up, you know, using the restroom way too long. So way longer not, than you anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> so even in your best situation of multitasking, you're not doing yeah. it great. Not really. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the other benefit here um, of this time blocking idea is it improves your time awareness. So as you are time blocking, and and like Blake said, this is done before. This is not doing the day of. But as you're time blocking, you're very obviously seeing how much time you have in the day and how much your tasks going to take up. It's going to keep you aware of um, what's realistic too. You're going to go be able to look back and say, okay, I blocked off an hour for this task that I have to do weekly. The last three weeks, it's taken me an hour and fifteen minutes 
do I need to simplify? Do I need to be more efficient? Or do I just need to allow myself more time because it's just taking longer time? Yeah. It gives you that ability to have that time awareness. Yeah. So the use of time blocking is very powerful. Um, I think it can it can take you from a slump into a be, being able to focus and being productive and and driving results. Um, I think it can really help with that. Um, another thing here with time management tips is to set realistic deadlines. I suck at this. I suck at time frame timelines and timeframes. Um, and I've been working on it for years, trying to get better. I still suck at it, but I'm still, I feel like I'm, I'm growing in it. Right. But again, like we said, Hey, I can say this task, I think will take me 30 minutes, but then when I think through it or when I actually do it, it's more like an hour, Yeah, you know, set those realistic timelines because then you're not going to overload yourself and you're not going to get in the end of the day and go, I had 30 items on my list and I got four done. I feel like a complete failure. Yep. Right. This is, this is. This is personal, but this is one of the reasons I think you're not a one because ones are like their boss at this. They they just knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, but I, who knows? <laughs> no, I think there's I think there's aspects of it for sure that 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 my personality plays towards. I know I've got strengths and I know I have weaknesses, and this is definitely sure. an area of weakness for sure. Um, and I see it not just in like business, but also in personal stuff. Like oh, sure. my time frame ideas suck. Even if I'm driving somewhere, I'll be like, oh, it's only about 20 minutes. Yep. 35 minutes later. Hey, I'm still 10 minutes out. Yep. Exactly. Because <laughs> I don't, I just don't think about it. But yeah. I I see where you're coming from. I I see that, Blake, for sure. What are some what are some other tips you have here on uh, yeah? So two other ones that are that are just kind of we'll we'll go through these quick, but minimize distractions. Um mm -hmm. so again. Yep you know, setting some music to help you with that, turning off tabs on your, on your screen, you know, if you're not, social media, social media, everything like that, that, you know, the, setting your phone out of reach is another really good one too. If you struggle with that. Um, and then the last one is, is practice regular breaks, mm -hmm. you know, take a break in between tasks. Um, there's, there's a, a big downside of scheduling yourself back to back on time blocks. Oh gosh. Because you don't have any time in between. Yeah. You also don't have any time if like a meeting goes longer than you anticipate, anticipate. Now you're 20 minutes behind on everything, which just starts compounding. Yeah. You know, and most meetings honestly can be 50 minutes. They if can. everyone does enough planning ahead of time for the meeting and doesn't waste 10 minutes of everyone's time and we just say, hey, we got to get down to business. We only have 50 minutes. You're going to give yourself that margin to breathe and recenter before you go into the next minute or next meeting or task or whatever else you have. So, and those are really good tips for um, time management. One of the things I, I've got a few tips, I think, for task management that are helpful. And I'm, I'm going to kind of breeze through these because they're pretty elementary in nature. But at the end of the day, um, common sense isn't always common action. Right. And this is one of our biggest problems as people, especially when it comes to time management and task management, is that common sense would say, um, because I'm horrible at this too, Pete, on like making sure I get somewhere at the right time, <laughs> because common sense would say, don't you have a device that can just like tell you what it is, <laughs> like how long it takes, and you could just yeah. look at it and add five minutes of contingency and then look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's what I need. And then, yeah, we do. We do have that in, but we don't use it or we think we can beat it. Yes. Oh, that's, that time's just a time to beat. That's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but like, it's not also, 
like it's doing some of its own contingency planning time management there. So anyway, some of the task management tips I want to give, um, create a to-do list, however it works for you. Mm -hmm. I'm all for, uh, using productivity tools. And that's another tip here. I'm all for using productivity tools like Asana or Basecamp or notes or something on your phone. Like those are great to help you stay in check with things. I'm actually more of an analog person. I love my planner. I love being able to write something down in this, to look at it, to revisit it quickly. It's just the way I am. So when I come up with to-do lists, that's where they live. But if you don't have things written down, I promise none of it's going to get done or like you're going to get half of it done at the, the rate you could have got other stuff because you're spending that time Every time after you get done with one task, you're jumping back into how to, what's next? How am I going to do this? And you're not doing that stuff all at once and using good time blocking like Peter was talking about. Um, The other one's delegating. Good task management tips here are delegating to the right people. And that's huge, huge note right there to the right people. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people struggle with delegation because they think it's some kind of exploitation and it's not. Delegation is not exploitation. It's multiplication. Okay. And you're getting things done at a much bigger power. We talked about this in the past, like the average horse or not the average horse, but like a, a horse that pulls a carriage. Um, I want to say like they can pull, this is probably not true, but anywhere from one to 2000 pounds by themselves. So you would think that two of them could pull like 4,000 pounds. No, two of them can pull close to 12 to 14,000 pounds, which is crazy. Because that is such a like that that is a compounding multiplier there, right? Which is is just awesome. Another thing with time management is you've got to communicate clearly, okay? And you've got to slow down. Don't communicate quickly. That is not the time. Anytime you're communicating what you want done and the expectation and how we're going to deal th- do with things, that's where you got to stop. And you just got to spend the time there. If you don't, you will continue to spend your time. Moment after moment after moment after moment because yep. you didn't spend the time on the front side and now you're stopping the task, starting the task, stopping the task, starting the task. That's it's stupid. Okay. It's just dumb. So don't allow, find yourself doing that. Take the time and communicate clearly. And then lastly, just reviewing and adjusting every one of these, our time management, our task management stuff, uh, the clear yep. that we've talked about, they all come back to this idea of knowing that it won't ever work perfectly. And if that's true, then okay, let's just go ahead, review, adjust, evaluate what we've got, and we're gonna move forward and continually adapt and change our what the tasks and the things that we've gotta do so that we can get it done. If you are staunch and stubborn and you won't allow that to happen, good luck. That's all I've got to say to you, good luck. So don't forget, as we talked about task and time management, these are tools and tips that can help bring you either out of a slump or maximize your efforts into a superpower. Um, These tips are are important. They they seem basic and elementary at times, but they are very important and they are the compounding compounding, um, effort of these or uh, results of these are just awesome to see. Don't forget the clear and smart goals, right? Um, and remember clear is a little more overarching. It's a little bit high level. Smart is a little bit more specific when you implement these things, they're going to be able to take you to the next level as we talked about here. And that's really the goal. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us this week on the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast. See you guys next time. Also, we'd like to thank our very own Luke Van Tress, aka Mr. Boxes, for our kick-ass original theme song.